Yeah, it's back to the grassroots now. <laughs> Where the tacky hits the tar. Um, I want to say thank you very much to Frontline and to um, ACA for what they've taught us. <laughs> and we try to very brokenly try to apply. And thank you for this Ascension Day. Thank you that we could all be gathering here. Uh, some background. Uh, for many years, uh, we supported the March for Life and the Life Chain. And just when we were ready to do some more ministry on ground level, <laughs> Colette Thomas stepped up at a Life for March in 2013. And uh, she was this organizer for 40 days for life for a while here in Cape Town. And so we got involved. Uh, we would drive through from Tableview and at five on a Friday afternoon with Hilton and Cheryl. And for a few campaigns, we were there armed with posters and praying at the Mary Stokes, the Mary Stokes in Brea Street. <coughs> In August 2014, we started Abundant Life Pro-Life Ministry. And so we started out standing and praying. And without being aware of it, we put on God's armor. We met co-workers early on. Peter and Terry Throck. Colette and her dad, who carried the first 40 days campaign. And at that stage, Peter Throp was already praying at the um, Maurice Stubbs Clinic early morning till nine o'clock in the morning when he could still get some parking in the middle of Cape Town. In 2015, Peter then proposed that each ministry, because we were now sort of off the ground, um, that each ministry take responsibility for one Saturday a month uh, to have a presence and to minister at um, the clinic or in front of the clinic. Uh, we took on the second Saturday as Abundant Life every month. At that time, Mark and I have joined Living Waters Fellowship uh, in Tableview and found the pastoral support we needed for the pro-life ministry. And we found more people willing to come with us on a Saturday and also some financial help. So why have we done this counselling? Uh, why have we stood there? And why are we still doing it? Because it is a matter of life and death. Because people are dying, physically and spiritually. And because so few are in the battle. And the Lord can use me, a broken vessel. Uh, so the sidewalk pro-life counselling, part of our ministry, started like that. And we had a wide range of experiences. Depending on how many people in the team, we stood just in front of the entrance, two or three of us. And uh, on each corner of the block and in the, on the traffic island and across the road. The biggest group we ever had were a group of 14. <laughs> and that was the day the police were called in numbers by Marie Stokes. 
But they left again after a hectic conversation <laughs> and the facts of abortion and that we were busy with a legitimate peaceful protest. Uh, that was one of the instances where everyone spoke at once. <laughs> I will mention again in the, les in the lessons we learned section what, what we've learned from all these experiences. One of the other memorable instances, um, incidents we had was one Saturday morning, Mark and I and our friend Jim, who's not with us anymore, Jim Reed, were driving to stand there on Brea Street and uh, there was roadworks. So we got later and later. We tried to be there at nine o'clock in the morning if we could. Um, at that stage, um, Peter and Terry were still looking after us. You know, they were helping us. So they were actually there already. And I managed to get hold of uh, Terry and she said, no, no, don't worry. We're here. When you arrive, we'll go. And uh, as we arrived, they were, they've just left. So we were standing there and I was the only person in front of the door. And uh, Jim was under the big tree there near the traffic lights and Mark, you were just left of me on the, on the pavement. We watched this young woman uh, driving slowly past and parking her car across the road at the then coffee shop there. And uh, she came slowly across and she, she met Ma, uh, Jim first. And she asked him information about the clinic, you know, what time and when do they close and so on. And he said, are you here for an abortion? So she said, he said, don't do that. That's wrong. That's killing a human being. <laughs> and thank God for that passionate heart because he prayed with her, he convicted her, and then he sent her to me, two meters from the door, to have an abortion. And, and she, she came to me and he said, that lady will tell you how we can help you. <laughs> so so um, I got her into, I, I said, gave her my phone number and we talked about adoption and so on and so forth. She was a young woman who's just started a career in computers and she was from Kailicha and she uh, didn't see herself having now to leave for a pregnancy, the new job and all that. And the boyfriend already had a child with another woman. And that's the milieu that the story goes. And um, we could say, well, you know, leave him. <laughs> Just leave him. <laughs> Find someone else or go it alone. But anyway, she, she left with the conviction that she shouldn't have an abortion. So that was one of the good, wonderful, positive incidents. So our ministry there in Bristol went until May 2019. We, when we started, we never thought it's going to be that long. And uh, when Maristos moved to Rondebosch Medical Center, we stopped because of obvious reasons. So what we learned, <clears throat> by the way, we, we're still doing it, but now in Parklands. <laughs> Uh, we learned spiritual warfare. We learned to pray. Sounds very basic for a Christian. Yeah. You must be in Christ and Christ must be in you. 
and every soldier is responsible for his or her own armor. Malfunctioning reflects on a group and must be quickly dealt with in prayer and supplication. Mm. One of the problems we had to deal with is that we learned we had to appoint a spokesperson. Not everyone responding at once, like I mentioned before. It causes division because not everyone responds the same way. And the questioner sometimes an honest one, um, but, often, but often it is a hostile person needs to be dealt with by one person with wisdom and discernment. Uh, while the others in the team pray. Example of this is when a guy in a scooter stopped and reckoned that we were worse than ISIS. Mm -hmm. yes. This is in 2015. Mm. Um, ISIS was on a rampage. And this suddenly got us all going. <laughs> we ministered. But I know we could probably have done better if one person was doing the talking. We learnt when you minister, you have to be united. The enemy will always try to divide and to take you on a rabbit trail. We learnt my people are dying because of a lack of knowledge. We handed out many, many of the abortion tracts of ACA. Our posters were declaring the truth that abortion is murder and adoption is not perfect. Mm -hmm. But it is an option for a mother in an untenable position. Ignorance in the church, ignorance in the world is very easily exploited. Misunderstandings, also the enemy's work. <coughs> I can't remember how many times passers by got our message wrong and thought we supported abortion. Mm -hmm. The veil, I suppose, uh, the blindness. Yes, a friendly fire we had to deal with from different angles. Also those well-meaning Christians that thought we were just a little bit harsh. We learned to work with Christians of other denominations. Cooperation between different denominations is difficult. Everyone thinks that they alone have the truth. The pro-life battle is not going to be won by one congregation or one denomination. The body of Christ needs to unite. Abundant life is blessed by different congregations in Tableview. We learned to be bold. The Lord guided us and slowly made the water deeper, challenging us more and more. He used us to minister to barges, policemen, to nurses and to passers-by. Our confidence was low in the beginning, but that is also good because you have to trust Jesus Christ like never before and you learn to put feet to your faith. We learn singing worship songs is powerful spiritual warfare. Jesus loves the little children who are sung hesitantly 
in the beginning and boldly later. Loud proclamation and preaching into the clinic became part of our arsenal as we grew in spiritual boldness. We always tried to live in good standing, finishing off well spiritually and the song was often a fitting finale. <laughs> we tried to discern in the spiritual and the physical that it was fine to leave and if the police was called, we would often stay on for another 15 minutes to show that we're not running away. <laughs> we received verbal abuse, physical challenges, but worst of all, apathy. In the beginning, we hoped that no confrontation would happen. But as God taught us and we developed strategies, we become, became bored if it was a peaceful protest <laughs> with no opportunities to witness and to minister. We learned that many of the people who confronted us were damaged individuals. Unfortunately, many times, we were not the ones to apply the bomb but used by God to open the world. It is a hard ministry. What we did not always get right was to try to have productive conversations instead of shouting and swearing at us from a distance. If someone is willing to engage at a less confrontational level, it makes good sense to take them for a coffee. We received so many blessings. When a woman runs crying out of the clinic, choosing life, after Mark preached boldly into the waiting room. When we are given 50 rand for coffee, having God's army coffee shop nearby is also a blessing. Often a place of debriefing for us. Our biggest blessing was that God was honoured and Jesus was lifted up in the centre of Cape Town. That is always our blessing. Thank you. Thank you.